the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 3. It is a delight to welcome back to the show our congressman representing Arizona's Congressional District 4, David Schweikert. David, welcome back. Uh, is it District 4? I, I don't know. Sometimes no, no. I, uh, is it now District, District 1? Is, yeah, no, current District is 6. The new one will be four or be one. Okay. Now all you right. have me current, doing it. All right. So <laughs> I missed every part of that. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I saw that that way. Anyway, welcome back to the show, David. Uh, first of all, how's your race looking right now? It looks like a hair's breadth, but there's still some counting going on, right? No, we'll, we'll be fine. Um, look, if, if the math as we understand it, it was always going to be a close race. It's a tight district. Um, it's considered about a two-point Republican district. It voted for Biden. Um but as we do the math on the remaining ballots, um, we're going to do just fine. Good. Uh, that's what I'm expecting with a, a bunch of races here. And it looks like Arizona is set to uh, regain a Republican majority delegation to the House, the way I'm looking at the trends. Is that how you're kind of seeing it Absolute, right now, too? Absolutely. Yeah which will be wonderful. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. I want to get to some uh, national and other news with you in a moment. But before I do, um, you have been tracking, as I have been, um, a lot of concern about how how long it seems to be taking to get our our results in. My sense is it's because a lot of these races are so close that it's not as easy to call. But you tell me. I'm not sure how the process is working. Yeah, and this is a family show, so there'll be absolutely no cursing. Okay. Um, but <laughs> have you ever had a, uh, where everything at once? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have a combination of, uh, okay, the printers weren't printing ballots dark enough, so the scanners were rejecting them. Right, right. You know, okay, so you, what, that was what, um, 27% of the machines yeah. or polling places so that's right. weren't yeah. processing ballots for the first you know, three or four hours mm-hmm. or was taking... You had to put in your ballot four or five times before it would take it. Um, then you had this really interesting number, um, and I think this may be countywide, that 275,000 people took their early voting ballot, the one they get in the mail, right. and walked it in on Election Day. Right. I think I saw that on Garrett Archer's um, news feed. Yeah, the data guru, right. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and I've known Garrett, and I need to disclose Garrett at one time worked for me. So I, I think his um, stuff is pretty good, I have to no, tell no, you. No, no, he's yeah. as, he's as yeah. good as we have. Yeah. And um, But think about this. During the presidential race in Maricopa County, we had only 170,000 right. people do that. Right. So it went up 105,000 people right. in a non-presidential year. Right. So it shows you how that became part of the Republican ethos. Yep. That hey, I don't trust the mail. Right. I don't trust the drop boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm walking it in. Right. So you had that, and now that created a whole other cascade of frustration because the number of places, the parking lot was full, That's or right. there's That's crowds right. of people standing in line who are just to drop off a ballot, and over here there's people who wanted to vote, but right. the machine isn't processing. So you just had this cluster effect of frustration. Yeah, yeah. And now if you're the voting center. You have all these ballots that would have, and 
former years would have come through the mail and you would have scanned the signature and then you know pro- opened the ballots and put them up for processing now you're scanning all those signatures and that at the same time that's right you're processing your provisional ballots mm-hmm. the so it, it's just it's a case of lots of dumb things all happening at once. And it is true, is it not, uh, if I'm wrong, I mean, you'll always correct me, uh, is it true, too, that the in-person voting as well as the ballot drop-off on voting on Election Day, those are the last to be counted, right? Or or do I have that a little bit wrong? No, I think think you have that wrong. Okay. Um, So those that were voted at the machine where the scanner worked, I think those have been posted. Okay. The early ballots that came in, I think, before Thursday or Friday, right. have been counted. That's what, okay. But where, where it gets so weird, and, and this is the most important thing for everyone to sort of get your head around, we've had early the permanent early ballot list in Arizona since an initiative in 1992. Mm-hmm. So the first election was 94. So we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Republicans spent a fortune in this state training our people to use it. And that's why we started dominating elections. 15 years, 20 years ago, because we taught our people, mail in your ballot, mail in your ballot, because we started getting people who were very busy, Mm -hmm. marginal voters, say, oh, darn it, my ballot, but I'm going to mail it in because they're going to harass me if I don't. Right. So we got very good at that. President Trump, a couple years ago, more so for states that have absentee balloting. We don't have absentee balloting in Arizona. Right. We have a permanent early balloting vote through mail list. And mechanically, they're different. Um, we got very nervous about trusting some of the systems. So now we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who don't trust the system. So instead of where they used to mail it in, now we're walking it in. Yeah, okay. But Democrats do trust the system. Yeah. So Democrats mail in their ballots early. Democrats or Republicans vote on Election Day or walk them in. Right. So when the ballots open, we as Republicans, particularly the conservatives, get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Election okay. night, the first ballot drop, I was 27,000 votes upside down. Yeah, okay. By the time they started to then begin the counting the people that walked in and voted at the machine, um, we're now only 4,000 votes behind. Right, right. And when that- the drop-offs... Uh, the election day drop-offs come in because remember the majority of our vote the vast majority of our vote is people who get a ballot in the mail mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not election day it's people with those um and that's why i believe carrie lake's gonna win yep i'm i i think there's a number of our legislative seats where we have legislators who are upside down right now yep. i believe they're gonna win yep. because these remaining ballots are going to be much more like we had one count election night where it was Poll day voters. Yeah, it went eighty twenty my way. Uh-huh. I've uh-huh. never seen something like that. <laughs> to, to give you an idea that how polarized the way we vote now, not only how we vote but the way we vote. That's right. That's right. And then there's this other question I wanted to throw your way, David. I um again correct me if you see it differently or have a different thought on this. I you know I have looked at. What looks to happen, I mean, a lot of races haven't been called outside of Arizona. A lot of races haven't been called. I, I, it seems to me, I had a friend say, you know, all this negativity that we didn't do that well and this wasn't a great day for Republicans, said if you told me in September 
that we would have Kemp and we would have DeSantis and we would have Abbott and we would have Kerry Lake and we'd win in the House, we'd have taken that in a heartbeat. And in fact, that's what we were saying in September with Kemp being a real open question. Um, I, I, I am looking at what happened Tuesday and what looks like a trend going forward here. I, I'm 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 upbeat about this. I am not looking down on my shoes at these results, David. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah. this is a Republican win. They're talking about how they staved off a loss. We're talking about how much of our win was. I'd yeah. rather be in the second category. Look, there's more to it. Okay. And, and we have too many people who talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and have no idea what the blank they're talking about. <laughs> okay. And that was my attempt not to curse. <laughs> okay. Um, but I hope you're not talking if, But if I get that. one more idiot, it's going to be a red wave. Right. I mean, and these are the same people in 2018. It's going to be a red yeah, wave. The yeah. economy is so good. Yeah. And we're looking at the polling saying, oh, God, oh, God, we got to – the fact of the matter is um, Democrats are dug in. Republicans are dug in. And the number of persuadable voters is tiny. Okay. Um, there's a number of congressional races out there I am frustrated with because I think we should have won them. But the Democrats, to their credit, got their people out to vote. Okay. Okay. Um, we're still going to take the House. Yeah. We're going to still do a terrific job holding and taking you know uh, legislators legislatures around the country. Um. But be careful because there's some people that do like happy talk on some of the cable news shows, mm-hmm. and they have no idea what they're talking about. Okay. They're basically moving their mouth so they can be on television. So, and the television puts them on because when people are telling you what you want to hear, their ratings go up because more people watch it. And unless you're willing, really willing to sit and like stare at real clear politics. Go back and look at a lot of their polling. Yeah, right. No, a lot of their was, polling was, was telling narrow. you the truth. Yeah. yeah. And people would get mad at it. Yeah. I agree with you on all of that. Let me take a quick commercial break and come back. And let me ask you about that happy talk because uh, I'll ask you to clarify. Was the happy talk before the election, it seems almost to me like it's if, – if it was too happy before the election, it seems to me it, it's, it's, too, it's too charry now. But you, you'll straighten me out on that when we come right back. I'm Seth Leapson. He's David Schweikert. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Congressman David Schweikert is our guest. David, on that, you know, too optimistic, too pessimistic, too much happy talk, too much negative talk. Was the happy talk? I'm not seeing the happy talk today from cable conservatives. I'm seeing negative or well, perhaps too. But maybe you are. Straighten me out on what? No, no, yeah. no, no. Now it's gone sort of. And now you're going to see the they elevated the expectation, and now they're you know. They're, but but but, yeah. but, it, but a lot of people. You know, um, pumped up, pump up, and, and got disappointed. Look, there's there's probably about nine seats that I thought I'd, we would take in the House that I, we're not going to take. Mm-hmm. I was I was hopeful, but I was always I, I like to think I was always trying to be very very realistic on the numbers. Well, you were on and, this show. You were always cautious on this show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because we would see polling. Yep. And and then you get people. It looked like uh, uh, my congressional district. Mm-hmm. Um, the district lines have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, this congressional district goes from Carefree Cave Creek all the way down to Van Buren. Right. It 
it's a tough district. Yeah. Um, but it's a really smart district. It's an incredibly well-educated district. Um, it's an overwhelmingly white district. Mm. It's just it's what the math is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has a lot of very well-educated liberals in it mm-hmm. with lots of money who write checks to the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's this is going to be a district that's always going to be a battleground. And for a lot of our folks, they live operate in districts that are overwhelmingly Republican. They're not used to having to battle through every single election every time. Um, but before before you decide that the election was a disaster, let's wait till all the dust is settled. Um, hopefully between now and Friday night, we'll find out where our final numbers are here in Arizona. Um, and then when we have all of our math, then... And we'll take a breath, we'll do our post-mortem, and we'll understand, hey, this is the truth of what happened. Here's where we did well, and here's where we failed. David, you're a, um, you're a well-known conservative, a nationally known conservative, uh, and you are running in this district, which uh, we expect um, that you will prevail in. How do you do it in a district that has so much of that liberal sentiment? Um, what's your well, secret sauce? It, it, it's, okay, let's have a moment of honesty. Yep. Um, I'm probably... I'm more conservative than the mean of my district. Right. Okay. But I try very hard to treat the residents of this district with incredible respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, look, I have neighbors. I love them to death. They'll never vote for me um, because, you know, I'm pro-life and where I'm on many issues. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you don't sit down and listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and on occasion, there's these gems of, you know, where we have, hey, you know, the optimism of I want to use resources to cure diseases because I think that's good economics and good for future debt. And it turns out you get liberals who look at you and say, I've never thought about it that mm-hmm. way. Our problem is we, particularly in the conservative movement, don't, I think, often talk about our entire palette of we are now the defenders of the middle class. Okay. We love and care for them. We are the defenders of the poor. Because we want them to be less poor. Mm-hmm. And here's how we're going to do it. And it's so often we get trapped in chasing the crazy shiny objects uh-huh. that get us on television instead of the shiny objects that maybe our voters actually care about. And I think you talk about important stuff um, instead of the whatever's trending that day. Well, you also have an ability, I wish I was as good as, I've seen you do this several times, I wish I was as good at it as you have. I tell myself to try it more and more. Um, You have this ability to not get caught up in the leftist or liberal narrative in the question, in the antagonistic question that comes your way. You know, you don't don't tend to do that. You have this unique ability to kind of take the question and and move it into a slightly different and more positive direction. I don't know if you if if you yeah, understand I, I what I'm saying. I don't know that that that's a nice compliment, but I don't know if it's fair. I I just I actually believe there are conservative solutions to almost everything, to everything. You just need to uh, if you're going to be in the Republican party and you're going to be a conservative and you're going to be a warrior for us, I need you to read 5 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I know that sounds jerky, but you've got to understand, like, like I've, I've probably already spent six hours just today on Zoom calls and things just on Social Security and how we're going to try to save it. 
Well, it is harder uh, to be a conservative act- for that very – I mean, that's one of the reasons I say it's harder to be a, a conservative. I mean, we really well, spend, have to be on our game and know what we're talking about because well, the media is an on, yeah, yeah, but spend two hours on the phone with actuaries, mm-hmm. and you want to pull what little hair you have left out. <laughs> but, but, you, but the fact of the matter is it's important. Yeah. You know, it's important to society that there be some adults in the room who say, what would, we, what would happen if we do this, if we do this, if we could maximize growth, if we could maximize opportunity, can we do these things? Because the left functionally just wants to, you know, create magic money and subsidize things. Mm-hmm. And then you get inflation. Um, today, we got the updated inflation numbers for our community here, the Phoenix-Scottsdale area. Okay, I'm holding my again, breath. What do we got? I, I don't know. I haven't been able to see compared to others because I was just reading just before we went on the air, um, Bureau of Labor Statistics issue. But we're 12.1. You know, we're still at the very top tier of the range. If you're a working person here in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area, you've had your head kicked in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where was the discussion during this election cycle of, I care about the hardworking people in our community. They're getting destroyed economically. They're, if you're a retired person, you're getting destroyed economically. If you're a young family trying to save to buy a house, you're getting destroyed. And here's what's happening. Your dollar at the end of this year, on today's number, will be worth 12.1% less. So mm-hmm. last, what was two months ago, it was 13.3, I think, mm-hmm. 13.1. Mm-hmm. That's functionally six weeks of your labor, six weeks of your paycheck by nothing, mm-hmm. been stripped away from you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about cruelty, but also loving and caring about people, why wouldn't you care about them getting a fair shot and being willing to take on the math of inflation and how we're going to fix it? Um, but it's complex, and no one wants to listen for, like you're giving me a, a few minutes here, but most people don't want to listen to something that's complex. They want a quick, shiny object and then bang on to the next thing. Let me uh, let me take a quick commercial break and come back and talk to you a little bit about assuming leadership uh, by, by the Republican Party, what the agenda looks like to you or what your wish list for the agenda would be. And let me also talk to you a little bit about your sense of the what what people were voting on generally on Tuesday was it just the economy or was a little bit more than the economy let me take a quick commercial break and come back to you on that point on those points if I can David Schweikert is our guest I'm Seth and he and I'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have Congressman David Schweikert with us for an extended interview today. Uh, David, um, in reverse of what I went to commercial break on, one more analysis on the election and then let's let's look uh, prospectively. Uh, Your read of where we are today, does it look like it was mostly an economic election or was it about other things or is it kind of hard to say as a national issue? It's a little it's a little hard. Yeah say yet because we don't have all the, the numbers processed yet. Okay. Um, we got some really great exit polling data and those things. And the fact of the matter is if you're a committed Democrat, you just, you were leftist. Yeah. You know, you stayed, yeah. you didn't, nothing moved you. Nothing moved you. And right. the, the Democrats should be given some credit. They, in and in what would have been a tough year, they did a good job getting their people out. Um, where I'm more interested is we're seeing some 
exit polling data and, and, and some preliminary precinct data that neighborhoods that had not traditionally sort of been with Republicans came to us. Mm-hmm. You know, neighborhoods where it's classic middle class or lower middle class, hardworking folks, um, often with a, a lot of working Hispanic populations. Mm-hmm. That migration to us is real. Mm-hmm. And what was also fascinating is some of the areas where I have wealthy, white, well-educated, and they were voting on abortion. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, or they were voting on that they, they didn't like the discussions about elections or President Trump hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. So precincts that just a few years ago were Republican have gone Democrat. Uh-huh. And working class precincts that used to be Democrat have gone Republican. Uh-huh. And we're going to have to get our heads around, if you are a conservative, I need you now to show up at, um, you know, the Mexican Community Festival, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Islamic Cultural Center, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the um, East Indian um, Diwali Festival. Right. Because right. it turns out a lot of that working class population that may not look exactly like the, what you stereotype a typical Republican, Mm -hmm. which is also changing. We've elected a lot of minorities now, which is just joyous. The Republican Party is different today than it was before President Trump got elected. We look different. The people we're electing different. The people voting for us is different. And the Democrat Party is becoming sort of the monochromatic, ideologically just rigid party. Um, And the Democrats have to be terrified. If this trend continues, um, and there's a marriage start- effect too, isn't there? I, at least I was looking at some again exit polls, and maybe too early. The marriage effect, particularly with women voters, married women uh, tend to do more with Republicans, whereas single women tend to vote more Democrat. Yeah, and, oh. and it's been that, but it's been that way thirty years. Okay, um, and there is sort of I have a family now. I need to defend my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a family. I'm going to defend more my whatever feels trendy at this moment. Yeah, right. And, and, and the, I think that's some ways human nature. I mean, how many people are a little carefree until the moment they take on the responsibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids' house? issues, children's issues just might not well, be well, their well, passion. Right. Well, look how different uh, – let's be honest. How different does a renter vote compared to a homeowner vote? Oh, that's interesting. What, how do you ana- analyze that one? They, they vote. They can be. They could have the same monthly cost because mm-hmm. you know, some of our apartments in the Phoenix Castle area are outrageously oh, yeah. expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they will. But they will vote differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one last promise. Last question about the election. Then we'll go moving forward. Last question: Were you were you thinking this election would have more? to say about COVID lockdown, shutdown, school closure policies than it seems to have? Or is it too early to tell on that? No, um, I actually think it had a lot of it. It just was packaged differently. Okay. Um, Instead of saying, I'm angry my child is now a year behind in math. Yeah. I am angry that my small business that my brother and I started, we had to shut down. Uh It's more, I see it through the lens of, I may say it's inflation, but it was economics. Yeah. Um, the prosperity I felt a couple of years ago has been stripped from my family. I'm angry about that. Um, the Democrats had to work very, very hard 
to make it about other types of issues. And we get to analyze which one worked. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, they've done a good job of memory holding or putting this in the rearview mirror quite well. Let me take this quick commercial break. Let me talk to you about what the future looks like for. Uh, let me talk to you about what the future looks like for what we are thinking as a Republican-led uh, um, Congress when we come right back. I'm Seth Leaps, and he's David Schweikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Delighted to have been able to uh, have David Schweikert for this, uh, Representative David Schweikert, for this extended interview, particularly such a busy week. David, thanks for doing this, really. Thanks for all your uh, time with us. Assuming, uh, as it looks like, that the Republicans do take uh, control at the House of the Representatives at least, House of Representatives at least, what do you see as a wish list for your agenda? What do you think will be the agenda? Well, Okay, it, there's a lot of things that yeah. have to be dealt with. Yeah. First, we need to stop the bleeding. Okay. Um, then we also need to find out what's actually happened the last two years. And a lot of that say, oh, you just want to investigate the um, Biden administration. Yeah, partially, but there's a lot more to it. Um, where did hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars of stolen COVID money go? And why was it allowed to be stolen? Um, things like that, the taxpayers, the communities need to understand the debt, because that was borrowed money. Yep. That's now on top of you and your kids. Yep. Where did it go? Yep. So there's lots of work like that that we haven't been able to get the Democrats to show any interest in what's potentially the biggest fraud in human history mm. from a dollar standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things like that, that that we need to understand. There's other things we're going to have to take on. Um, there were some very, very scary numbers this morning working with these actuaries. Um, one was basically saying, you know, if interest rates for, for U.S. debt are just a couple points higher, so, you know, hey, we're going to be at 1.7 on was what the CBO was meant, uh, modeling. Now it could be as high as four over the next couple of years as we issue U.S. debt. That's a trillion dollars of interest every single year. Mm-hmm. You start to get into a world where your interest now is bigger than the defense budget. Yeah. It's approaching the size of Medicare. Yeah. Um, we're in real trouble here. And you have lots and lots of folks that don't understand um, our borrowing is almost 100% driven by our demographics. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of folks don't like hearing this, mm-hmm. but 75% of our future borrowing. Um, is Medicare and social and twenty five percent, and that doesn't Security. get better by itself. I mean, that gets worse by itself. As I assume, we extend longevity and age, right? Um, Which we haven't been the last few years, but I think over it, time we will. It, it, it's it, it's a much more complex conversation. If you want to be honest, okay? Because do people stay in the workforce longer so they're more productive? Uh-huh, do uh-huh. they do we cure certain diseases so they're? You remember, five percent of our population with chronic diseases. Multiple chronic conditions are over half of our healthcare spending. Right. What happens if you cure one of those diseases? Right. It turns out you can have this huge impact on on lowering the price of healthcare and eliminating a whole bunch of misery yeah. in the human condition. Yeah. So, as Republicans, how do we show up and say we're not here to cut and slash? We're actually here to do smart things, but we got to take on. The, 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 the speed the debt is piling up, we're in real, real trouble. 
Yes, 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 yes. And um, and it's not an. I mean that you know it's. <laughs> it's, and, and it's in a, a way, it's sobering to hear you say that because you know people are saying, "Well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a test with 2022, and we'll see how the Republicans do." The truth is, we have to share some bad news or tough news, I should say. But 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 it doesn't have to be dystopian, right? The fact that is, we need to crush inflation, but we also need to find a way to deliver health care at a much lower cost. We need to actually get ready for the fact that we've, uh, you know, the baby boomers are moved in, substantially moved into retirement age. There's a lot of things going on around us, and it's big stuff. Um, we've learned, um, you know, that with what China's doing, with what's going on in other parts of the world, we need to be prepared there. But a lot of that may be changes in how we do the tax system. Mm -hmm. So you're incentivized to produce things here in the United States, not just incentivized to import them. But these are all big, complex, and they don't show well on a two-minute segment on cable news where you want shiny object. It's going to require months and months of reading and, and sitting with lawyers and doing hearings. But that's what we're paid to do. We're paid to make America just such a better place than it was the day before. And that hasn't been what's been going on the last couple of years. Is, is there a taste that you can sense that we can use uh, a bit of the power, or maybe more than a bit, a bit of the power of the purse to uh, effectuate like the, 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 the onslaught of hiring of IRS agents and that sort um, of thing? Uh, I think actually the Democrats, so many of the left, um, want to make Every incremental improvement we try to make for society, they want to make it a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, my fear is every time we step up and say, hey, you wanted all these IRS agents to have better um, tax collections for people that are cheating. You know mm-hmm. you can do that through technology. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hire an <laughs> army. No, this is a fact. You don't have to hire an army of unionized Treasury union workers that give almost every dime of their political money to you, the Democrat Party. Right. So, so you got to understand, this was the army of 80,000 new IRS agents was also a backdoor way of funding the Democrat Party mm-hmm. because that's a huge unionized population mm-hmm. that support the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So what happens if I came to you and said, you know, we could do most of that through technology? Um, they didn't like that. Discussion. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> you saw a lot of that with Democratic spending over the last couple of years, haven't you? Kind of the payoff to uh, those Very, union oh, interests. It goes to, everything you know. from longshoremen yeah. to now the, you know, the Treasury Union. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, thank you uh, for this. Thank you for this extended interview. I appreciate it. We had uh, we had uh, just so many questions for you, and to do it on uh, such a busy week for you means a lot to us and our audience. So thank you very no, much. Sir. Love your audience, and I always appreciate the time you give me. Just not the music, right? Just not that, the music. Just not the bumper music. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, <laughs> we're working on you. We will, we will work on you by attrition. David Schweiker, Godspeed and God bless. As I go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsor, Y-Refi. If you're concerned with stock market volatility, uh, Y-Refi is offering an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises and turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. It's a secure collateralized portfolio, an investment in a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high 
fixed interest rate. How high? Up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, up to 10 and a quarter percent return. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or give them a call at 888 YREFI34. 888 YREFI34. Due diligence approved firm. They are locally based, never a sales pitch. That's my job. They just like talking about what they do and letting it speak for itself. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. I cannot let the day go by without saying happy birthday to the Marine Corps. As we wrote in the Patriots' Almanac, the U.S. Marine Corps traces its origins to November 10th, 1775. What is that, Bill? 100 What do we got? Yeah, 247. Uh, it traces its uh, uh, origins back to November 10th, 1775, during the Revolutionary War, when the Continental Congress called for two battalions of Continental Marines to be raised. Their mission was to provide security on board Navy ships, conduct ship-to-ship fighting, and serve as landing troops. Tradition has it that the Tun Tavern in Philadelphia served as the first Marine recruiting post. The Marines' first landing, led by Captain Samuel Nicholas, came in March 1776 at New Providence in the Bahamas, where they seized British cannons, shells, and powder. The Marines were disbanded after the Revolutionary War, then reformed in 1798. The U.S. Marine Corps has served in every major armed conflict in American history, as a force in readiness, its missions range from amphibious assaults to counterterrorism operations. The Marine Corps flag is a scarlet banner that carries a yellow and gray image of, the glo- of a globe symbolizing service in any part of the world and an anchor, a reminder of the amphibious nature of Marines' duties and that the Marine Corps is a partner of the U.S. Navy. An eagle stands on the globe holding in its beak a scroll inscribed with the Marine Corps motto, Semper Fidelis, Always Faithful. Below a larger school, scroll reads, United States Marine Corps. The flag's design dates to 1939. Thank you, Marines. Happy birthday. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping us free. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Leapson, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.